Well, hello there. Welcome to Reading with R. It is so lovely to have you here. My name is Rukaya Nabagi, and inshallah, I will be your host. So, this is going to work in a way that um, at the end of every podcast, I will give you five books to choose from, and you'll let me know th- your favorite among them. And next month, inshallah, we'll review it together, and I will give you all the hot, hot, hot. So, to start off, we are going to review one of my favorite books, Season of Crimson Blossoms. We needed that moment of silence to appreciate that book, to just let it sink in that we are going to be talking about such an amazing book. Um, the book was written by Abakar Adam Ibrahim one of the most amazing Nigerian writers in my opinion and um, I read the book as a recommendation actually there's a bit of a story there let me start from the beginning so you see originally I am from Jos and um, my dad has a friend um, Allah Yarhamu he died in I think 2011 something like that so we went to his mother-in-law's house you know how we are these all these Ariwa families like your father's friends in-laws are also your family so we went to visit her and she was telling us with such pride about his book that won the award so that's that's my my dad's friend's brother-in-law yeah yeah that would make him that so <laughs> i promise i am not famzing him i am not famzing him but i truly know him it may sound a bit complicated but i really do know him so she she brought out the magazines proudly showing us his picture the article that was written about him old books that he competed against and he emerged the winner it was so amazing just the amount of pride on her face was enough to make me go and read that book. I mean, I, I pick up random books and read them all the time. So, you know, why wouldn't I read this one when a mother proposed for me to do so with such joy and pride? So um, I, read, I started reading the book almost immediately after. I read the ebook at the time because, you know, I didn't have a hard copy. It was amazing. Mind-blowing, to be perfectly honest. I loved, I loved his style of writing. It had such a storytelling, real quality to it. It felt as if, honestly, he had taken me to a corner, sat me down and was telling me the story of maybe someone he knew or someone we both knew, like a mutual acquaintance of ours. It felt so real. That is the thing that struck me the most about the book. The fact that there was no excessive romanticizing of things. Everything was so true. And even though politics was one of the themes in the books, it, it, it wasn't the major thing. It didn't play that big of a role. Like, it was just a part of life, you know, the way it usually is in our lives. Something that we just come across, not, not just being the sole reason the book exists like most Nigerian writers tend to do. I don't know why they do that, but they like writing politically. But this wasn't the case. And um, the second thing I loved about the book was his development of side characters. Like, he didn't sideline them. All the side characters 
had the moment in the light. They shined through. Their stories came through. I didn't just feel as if, oh yeah, these people are just around because we can't have a story with just main characters. To be honest, it was really nice. And another theme was trauma, which shone through through Faiza, one of the side characters, Hajia's niece. That leads me to the third part, Joss. Dear God, Joss. Honestly, the dedication of the book just sums up everything I feel towards Joss. Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, Joss is my hometown. So where he goes like, um, for beloved Joss, tainted eternally by the gore of our innocence and memories of the innocent slain. So far is Hajir's niece suffered PTSD through the crisis of Joss. Like this is... A scenario that is familiar to me. I had my own share of trauma in just, but not as directly as the one mentioned in this book. It was so touching and heart aching the way the girl just was experiencing all these things and she was just burying everything inside. And something I would like to clarify is that what was mentioned in this book was not exaggerated in any way for fictional purposes because there were these kids that were living in my grandparents house i think one of them wasn't even acting normally because they were there because their parents were slain right in front of their eyes so yeah that would do that to a person next i would like to talk about our culture of silence in the north Ugh, that is so prevalent in every single part of the north. Like, people in Ariwa will see you doing something and they won't say anything to condemn what you're doing or maybe to correct you or whatever. But what they will do, what they will do is spread rumors about you or come and get theirs. Like that suitor of Hajjah's. Ugh, he doesn't even deserve my mentioning his name. When he learned about her affair, made all his investigations and made sure that what he found out was true. He didn't go to her son or maybe think of a way to help her stop doing what it was that she was doing. Instead, what he did do was come to get his, which is what a lot, a lot of Arab men. I'm not going to say all because obviously we have exceptions and all of that. But he came to take his, which is what most of them do. And yes. This is a sub at all of you. You guys can come for me. I am ready. But it is true. A lot of them do that. It was just so annoying. Um, What I think was my favorite and at the same time most painful part of the book were the moments that Hajia and Reza spent together. Almost immediately, a, a flashback would hit her. A flashback of her beloved son, Yaru. It was so painful to watch Hajia's relationship with her son. Here she is feeling all this love for him and not wanting to be the person that her mother was to her. Even in her thoughts, her mother is that Fulani, that Fulani woman from Chibia. She doesn't she doesn't get it she can't wrap her head around it and she wants to avoid being like her mother in any way but at the same time she is repeating the same things that her mother did and the consequence was even worse because just look at the line the her son went down anyway 
it's it's just so much how she is trying to give her son all that love that love that she never felt but she ended up making that same mistake i also have a story for this one so um <laughs> i know you guys will be like i like going off track a lot but sorry i ramble a lot i i do that even in real life anyway so there's this aunt of mine she's my uncle's wife she came to stay with us when my mom gave birth and then as she was talking she was referring to someone as she she in house means like he or him i was confused at first i thought i genuinely thought that i had a problem with my ears and that she was mentioning the name but i was the one that wasn't picking up on it so i asked my mom like who is she always talking about like she, she my mom was like you ask too many questions why don't you just go and ask her since you want to know so bad i didn't even realize that she was being sarcastic so i went ahead and i asked her who is she she just started laughing i was like ah. I am confused. Please tell me. I want to know who is she. She just kept laughing, and then when mommy saw that I was adamant on knowing and that I kept pestering her, she told me that he's her first son. I was like, oh, but why is she calling him she? She's like, it's something traditional. You don't call your first child's name. You don't talk to them. You don't show them affection. I was like, I was. I think I was ten years old, but. It seemed so bizarre to me. I still don't get it. Just look at the damage it has caused. I, at the time, I didn't think of the emotional after effects that it would have on both mother and child. But just look at it now. Just look at it. Honestly, it just broke my heart. The next thing would be Reza's relationship with his mom which is another thing that brings me back to our culture of silence it was in this book that i knew that women went to jeddah to be prostitutes it wasn't just to carry a running from mosques and and you know rummaging through garbage i never even knew that part i would just hear people saying there's this relative of ours too that does that and you would hear my grandparents saying thank god no she at least she doesn't do that what is that rukaya does not know it's just to be hearing them they're just saying at least she doesn't do that 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 was when i learned from the book that actually there are two types of things they go to do there and the majority actually do like they're prostitutes it was baffling i was really surprised and the curve of the story it was evident even in the affections of reza you know it's sad but most relationships follow that curve how you know it goes up 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 they're all in their feelings and then when he kidnapped that girl and he saw all that hajia was not and could not be he started i don't know shying away from her should i say it was uh it was sad even though i knew that the relationship obviously was not going anywhere they're not just going to ride out into the sunset haja is not going to marry a gangster obviously but it still kind of broke my heart i knew it had to end in some way and that son of hers munkaila you know it's a bit pathetic like i said he really wrote everything into this book it just the more i talk about it the more i see the similarities the like parallels between the story and real life most sons when they make it in life when they're like the breadwinners of everyone in the family they change they completely change they lose their playful quality and then the mom is just looking at him like oh 
this is a small Mikaela that was just dead. And see how he's strutting around like a peacock. Anyway, that doesn't mean that I, I am glad he died or something, you know. And um, to finish off the review, I would like to impart some advice, if you may. The thing I got the most from the book is that please, 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 when you are on the verge of deciding to be a parent, aha, another thing, being a parent should be a conscious decision, not just something that happens just because you got married. No, it should be a conscious decision. Make sure you are a grown and mature adult. Just just see the effects of parenthood on all these children. Look, Hajja wasn't a loving mother to her son. Look how that turned out. Reza and his mom. Look how that turned out. Like, there are so many examples, not even in this book, in the world. People are walking around with all these burdens on their shoulders. They are messed up. Things that could have been easily avoided if their parents had taken care to make conscious decisions, to be intentional about their parenting. So yes, please, I implore you, when you decide to be a parent, make sure that you are ready, not just to provide feeding and, you know, shelter for a child. No, emotionally, you have to be ready to do that. It's not just a decision you can take lightly. It's not just, oh, I have baby fever. I want a child. Or not just because, oh, I just got married. They're They're going to call me barren if I don't give birth now. Please and please be conscious about your decisions to be parents because that is the most I got out of the book. You have to be conscious about that. And Abakar Adam Ibrahim is an amazing writer. I have read Whispering Trees. And in fact, as I mentioned in the beginning, I first read the soft copy, but I just had to get a physical copy because I love the book that much. And I have Whispering Trees and I can't wait to read Dreams and Assorted Nightmares. It is because of writers like him that literary fiction is my favorite genre. Like, the ability to take the story of normal people, the name of a series. Um, oh, well, it's a, nice, it's a nice series. You can watch it. And um, oh, here I am branching off given movie recommendations. <laughs> but, okay. Like, the ability to take the story of ordinary people and put it down in writing and make others that haven't experienced it before feel those emotions, feel as if they are the ones going through that story. That is a God-given gift. It is a talent and it is a gift and people that have it should be applauded and appreciated. Last, last, I am giving the book a solid five stars. So I will see you next month, inshallah. Here are the books we have for our selection. Number one, Daughters Who Walk This Path by Yejide Kilanko. Number two, The Invisible Life of Adi Leroux by V.E. Schwab. Number three, On Black Sister Street by Chika Onigwe. Number four, An Abundance of Scorpions by Hadiza Ismail Rufai. Number five, Stay With Me by Ayobami Adebayo. I really hope I haven't massacred anybody's name. So please um, choose your favorite and drop it in the comments. I will repeat it again. Daughters Who Walk This Path, The Invisible Life of Adi Leroux, On Black Sister Street, An Abundance of Scorpions, and Stay With Me. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this because I enjoyed myself. Have a nice day slash month since we won't be seeing each other till next month. Okay, bye. See you next month, inshallah.